Bendis, you're the creep who's going to pay. I'm going to get you, Bendis. I'm going to destroy you slowly. And when you start begging for me to end it, I'm going to remind you of one thing. You killed the woman I love, and for that, you're going to die. Welcome back to the Geek Explained Book Club. I'm your pissed off host, Eric Azana. <laughs> and we are the best book club in the multiverse, even though every single universe in this multiverse seems to want the woman I love dead. <laughs> we are going... <laughs> We are in the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, along with my morning amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, <laughs> Sarah Pacelli, Stuart Eminem, David LaFuente, Mark Brooks, and Trevor Hare scenes, Ultimate Spider-Man. This week, we are doing... Volume 11, entitled Carnage, and I am joined by my amazing friends together again, together again. First off, the spectacular Malcolm Russell Nelson. What brings people together but a funeral, man? And the friendly neighborhood, Jacob Brown. Oh, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> I want you to go to your windows, and I want you to scream at the top of your lungs, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. It's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> oh. Listen, if you haven't watched Network, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> or and it's now on like Humble a... Max. I just learned yesterday. Yes. Humble Max. You know that guy that uh, that screamed that said that amazing phrase. Uh, he died before that yeah. movie came out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Isn't wow. that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's wild. It's really crazy. Well, we're back. We've got all three <laughs> of our spider friends back for this week. The book club boys ride once again. Jacob on his globe trotting sojourn has finally made his back just in time yeah, for the Gwen Stacy memorial service. Yeah, yeah, I had to make I had to make time for this because there's no way that I had to miss that I was going to miss it. Yeah, it's like how could we miss such an Funeral important event? Funeral for a friend. Funeral for a friend. Don't you start bringing that up either. <laughs> well, you know, keep me mad all day. It's all about those circles, man. It's Don't like, you fucking talk to me about circles? <laughs> there is a moment in this, but we're gonna get to it in this volume where I was like the fucking circles. So let's let's just Have let's talk. How about how we get to Peter's basement? I don't the fucking. And we're gonna get to it. it. It's a we're cellar gonna, door. We're gonna get. Anyway. We're gonna get to it. <laughs> Welcome to the Geek Explained Book Club, where I'm in hell. <laughs> we are going to kick this off. This is issue 60 through 65 of Ultimate Spider-Man, volume 11 specifically. So let's just, let's get into this, man. So we start off with the jumpiest jump scare I've gotten from a page turn on Comixology. <laughs> it's like, yeah! The lizard design, I will say, in, in Ultimate Spider-Man is actually really cool. Right, I, it's the design I wish they went with for the movie. That's it looks yeah. like a lizard. It looks like a lizard, and I like that he kind of almost looks like a like some kind of velociraptor. Yeah, 
Yeah, like he say, looks like looks a, like a dinosaur. scientific lizard experiment thing. Yeah, it makes oh, a yeah. lot of sense. So he is having a big old battle with Spider-Man, and I, <coughs> again, I didn't read the uh, Ultimate Marvel the team. Ultimate up. Marvel team up. So is this yeah. a flashback? No. Okay. No, this because is just they full on a dream in sequence. Florida. Ooh. That's right. They found the swamps in Florida. Yeah. So full just like on the dream sequence. This is a yeah. full on dream sequence. Okay. Didn't uh, didn't uh, that's what Spider Man fought the lizard originally, right? In Florida. Yeah, I, I think that actual story yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it's based on the original story. Yeah, that's which cool. is nice. Sometimes the Ultimate Universe gives us nice things, and yeah. sometimes. They give us volume 11 of Ultimate Spider-Man. Listen, so, don't come in so hot, man. It's okay. I'm coming in hot. I'm coming it's in real okay. hot. You are coming so, in hot. So uh, Lizard batters Spider-Man away, runs over to his house, breaks into his home, and goes full-on Spider-Man prey on this motherfucker and oh, eats his child. Uh, the eye split is the coolest fucking thing. Yes. Because you notice that he's got like it kind of looks like he's got like two pupils there in the top panel, mm. but then like there's that close up of his face with one big old pupil, and then the kid looks and he's like, "Dad, what's going on, Dad?" And then the eyes just split. And you're like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> really great work by Bagley here, uh, and we of course do find out that this is a dream sequence. Uh, Cotter's is living his best Peter B. Parker life. <laughs> Yeah, his rundown <laughs> studio apartment. He's got that pizza on the floor, baby, and all Hell the beers yeah. and everything. The only yeah. way to properly mm-hmm. enjoy New York pizza is by sitting on the floor and eating it. How? Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were gonna say something else. <laughs> I like pizza. Everybody <laughs> likes pizza. I thought you were gonna diss New York pizza. I was. I very could concerned. never diss. I could never diss New York pizza. I Sometimes you got to eat it off the floor too. That's Sometimes, how good it's it that is. good. It's is that, that good. good. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on deep dish, but anyway, uh, the oh god, <laughs> a member of James crew over here, deep uh, dish sausages, sausages. Deep. Did you did you need um, a snorkel? Uh, I'm every actually time you representative go into that? of. It's called Bainton. You pronounce it Bainton. 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 Yes, Bainton. Ah. If you were here, if you lived here, you'd be home already. Is that their phrase? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Harley Quinn season two, folks. Season three on the way. Um, so Connors is uh, shaken by this dream obviously and he tries to call his ex-wife she's not having it and we see that he is going to be losing funding soon with his projects from Stark International see because because (laughs) Tony Stark can't keep his hands off of anything that would threaten the Marvel Universe now What's what's really interesting here? First off, that's very funny. Uh, secondly, what's really interesting here? Another continuity gap. Uh, uh, who signed that paper? Jim Rhodes. Oh, that's um, interesting. That that's weird. We will see Jim Rhodes at some point way down the line in the Ultimate Universe, but this is not indicative of what Jim Rhodes actually is. <laughs> I love Ultimate Spider-Man. It's almost like it's in its own Ultimate Universe. Yes, like for most have- of it. And 16, then it crashes very hard in. <laughs> like we have 1610 and 1610B. And 1610B is where the rest of the Ultimate Universe is happening. <laughs> and so we find Spidey, and my, one of my favorite backdrops, rainy New York. 
swinging through towards the sounds of sirens. And as he enters into this jewelry museum, it's it, yeah, it, it's yeah, kind of it's, like it's a it's strange kind of like, uh, hodgepodge. Yeah, it's a museum, I guess. I think it's a. I think it, exactly I think they MoMA. do say. I think they do say it's the Museum of Natural History and Art. Do they actually say it's MoMA? I think okay. it's something like that. Probably. I, I believe you. I see someone says museum at one point. Yeah, Gene DeWolf says Gene yeah. DeWolf, baby. Yeah. The wolf. So, Spider-Man happens into a really startling scene. This guy had his head all the way turned around. The security guard is lying on the floor. That is yep. dark as shit. And yeah. who is the perpetrator we find? Juggernaut from Deadpool 2. And Stop. <laughs> look at him. Look at him tell me I'm wrong. Stop. Look at him tell me I'm wrong. And so, do you know who this actually is? Enlighten me. This is the gladiator. No, it's not. Yeah, it's ultimate gladiator. It's ultimate gladiator. Yeah, it's ultimate gladiator. Yeah, where's his blade things? They pop out, dude. He's got that's why he's got the blades all over the place. It's not the same. It's not the same. He's got the the shoulder blade things. He's got the little spinny blade things that he's got. Anyway. Yeah, he doesn't have like yeah, he doesn't have like the the blade saw blades, but yeah. that's blades all over the place. If he don't have them, he's no gladiator. Oh. He's hashtag not my gladiator. Whoa, not my wow. gladiator. Whoa, hey. not my gladiator. Hey, oh, hey. he's the ultimate gladiator. Exactly. Oh, you know? I'd rather have an American gladiator. Oh, hey, oh, oh hey, hey. There's no, there's no. Hey, they stopped making those in the eighties. Yeah. American Gladiator, great show. If you haven't lately, go back and check out American Gladiator. <laughs> See, this episode makes sense for the remember when. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For those who jo- avoid the trauma later. <laughs> See, th- yeah. this is this is what I do for for longtime listeners of the podcast. It's it's this is for you. These are even if you just listened to last week's episode for the first time. This is for you. This Running jokes you. matter. Yeah. Any good podcast is a good running joke. We have some. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Your boy Malcolm's good at being a running joke. So we got Ultimate Gladiator. Uh... <laughs> and Spider-Man is able to disable this man by showing him the VIP section. And that means beating him senselessly with the velvet rope stand until he is unconscious. I love how he also does a very Silver Age thing. He gets smacked and goes, my emperor, before he falls. Yeah. (laughs) Great. A plus. No notes. So Gene DeWolf comes in there with the SWAT team. And obviously this is the Batman year one SWAT team because they are ready to run and gun. No questions asked. Oh, yeah. Before. Yeah. Before the witnesses are like, no, dude, he helped us out. Like. This We're is just okay. typical We're New York police. Yeah. It's all yeah. Right. NYPD free, baby. <laughs> so Spider-Man escapes, but he has taken some heavy damage from uh, from not Gladiator. And over some idiot. <laughs> over some idiot. And he swings over because he can't go to a hospital, so he decides to get help from Doc Connors. I, I love the reasoning there, too, of you are Dr. Kirk Connors. I just need to borrow the doctor part. And he's like, I'm, I'm not that kind of doctor. Like, <laughs> such a kid thing and to be it, like, well, I mean, your name is doctor. So like, clearly, you know what's going on. <laughs> and I love how he responds to that. He's like, you're more doctor than me. 
I love banter is very good in early Bendis stuff. It's really yeah. well utilized. Um, luckily, Connors is able to stitch him up and uh, get him at least in serviceable shape. When I and I love this too. He gives him a sweater at the end yeah. of catching him up. Yeah, I love that. It's like you'll catch a cold. You'll catch, you'll catch cold. Like <laughs> swinging out there in the rain. Like, what are you doing? And so <laughs> Spidey heads off, and as Connors goes to clean up, he realizes Peter left some blood behind because he was bleeding out when he arrived. And as is more likely than not to happen, ask Jeff Goldblum, science takes over better judgment. And so he takes a swab of the, uh, of the blood, of Peter's blood, and begins examining it. Next day, Peter wakes up. <laughs> Next day, Peter wakes up. Aunt May is trying to get him out of bed to go to school, and he is not feeling it. So she's like, all right, you stay home. And, you know, passes Gwen on the way out. And he's like, he he's immediately just like, hey, can you just tell him I'm not going to school today? She's like, yeah, whatever, I'm out of here. And he's... so... <laughs> and then we get... Strange <laughs> choice number one. So this is what I was talking about last week. I said, you're either going to love this or you're going to hate this. <laughs> we get introduced to Kurt Connor's lab assistant. His name is Ben. Sure, lots of people in Spider-Man comics are named Ben. It's a running joke. Ben Riley. Ben Riley. <laughs> Folks... We're going to be on one today. As our good friend Mark Marin likes to say, lock the doors. Lock the gates. <laughs> I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Ben Riley has been demoted in a way to lab assistant. I think this is an improvement, actually. I will fight you on the moon. Oh, no, no, no. I will fight you on the moon, Jacob. I think this, I think this is improving on the original character, actually. I am, go I am going to drive down to Tucson and beat you up. <laughs> I swear to God. Ben Riley, my Spider-Man, is now just some guy in a lab coat who's not even the main scientist in this building because Kirk Connors is. He's actually helping out, though. He's uh, not helping! <laughs> He's helped out a lot in this. It, Malcolm, it, Malcolm, I see you've got something to say. Yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate universe. It's, it's different. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean... Listen, that doesn't mean that there can't be another Ben Riley down the line. It's just true. me. Don't do that. But this is this Ben Riley. Don't give me hope. <laughs> Sorry, Hawkeye. <laughs> <okay. laughs> uh, <laughs> This Ben Riley, who has no respect for chain of evidence or chain of command here, just goes right in and starts examining Connor's findings. And when Connor yeah. wakes up, weird choice, yeah. weird choice, weird choice. And so he, the two of them talk, and he's just like, "Look, I, I have made lots of mistakes. I am trying not to make one. Go clean up the lab. We are going to figure this out." We cut back to uh, Ferris Bueller on his day off, uh, looking at <laughs> something Boobs. on the TV. Yeah, Jesus. Boobs. 
Um, I don't consider myself a role model so much as I consider myself someone for kids to look up to. And this is still Patty Patsy Walker, right? It's got to be. Maybe. There's um, been a running theme with this. Why not? I I do like, and I don't know if it's intentional or not. But I do she's got like a bit of a lazy like, eye too. Super hot, but she's got like a lazy eye. I think that's kind of tight. <laughs> yeah. Well, Patsy Walker's also Hellcat, so maybe she just got punched in the face before the shoot. Ooh. Who knows? Ooh, nice. Yeah. Patsy, or it, Eric could be Patsy. our our good friend, um, Jessica Lohan. Or, uh, <laughs> it could be just from Lohan. way back. We're <laughs> oh, talking about throwbacks. That's true. Um, so <laughs> Peter's watching TV when his phone rings. You guys remember landlines? Yeah. Yeah. It, Wild. It, I, I'm still living in that world. It's, yeah, it's, I touch one of those every day for work. <laughs> Wild. So yeah. Peter answers the phone, and it's Connors, and he wants to meet. So Peter shows up. It's pouring rain outside, and he's just, like, shivering. He looks – you know what this looks like? It looks like an addict going to his buyer – Yes, it does. They're sitting at this coffee shop. Look at it. Yes, it does. Connors is even wearing a trench coat. I thought he was meeting his parole officer with the trench coat. (laughs) Who knows? It absolutely looks like an addict going to his buyer, which is interesting because it's honestly the other way around. (laughs) Trench coats are, you know, a one or a jack of all trades when it comes to sketchy outerwear. A jacket of all trades. Ah, nice. So <laughs> the two of them are talking and Connors basically says, this is what I found in your blood. I want your permission to research it, to look into it. And Peter is hesitant on this because he's like, do people keep getting my blood and it's not really good. I'm not a fan of this. But Connors hits him with the, it's almost our responsibility line. And that's what sends Peter over the edge. He says, yeah, okay. You can experiment on my blood. Two months later. And one of the best page turns of all time. One of the best page turns. We flip the page and we find John Bernthal. Ultimate John Bernthal (laughs) is tearing his way. (laughs) God, he's so good at that role. He's um, so good at it. He's so good. I hope he gets carried over. Everyone go to Disney Plus and watch The Punisher after listening to this. Watch Punisher. Yes. If you haven't lately, is it go all watch on Punisher there again. It's all on there. Uh, it's all, all the, on there now. It's, and it's gotta... listed as the Defender Saga, which I yep. fuck I think fucking rules. Fucking yeah. rules. Yeah. yeah. Even though it their Infinity War just didn't really stack up. But yeah. I I think <laughs> this design is very interesting <laughs> if you look at the current Jesus Saez Punisher line oh, or yeah. Punisher design now that he's head of the hand. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Which also was awesome. Also is awesome. And the new Holy spell is great. Shit, that was so fucking good. <laughs> Punisher as head of the hand is really cool. He's he's the middle finger. He he's there's the no middle other, finger on the hand. There's no he other is. finger yeah. he could be. Of course yeah. he is. He's the middle yeah. finger of the hand. And it's pretty rad. That and is it shoots now. bullets. That is now, I am going to say, trademark Geeks Blade. That's good. Yeah, I like that. The leader of the hand is now the middle finger of the hand. The middle finger of the hand. That's, oh, that's just what it is going forward. Yeah. <laughs> so the middle finger of the hand is shooting up this place, trying to get at speedball? 
Uh, boomerang. No fucking way, is it? Yeah, yeah he's got a boomerang in his hand, dude. Like, Does he actually? I didn't they, even see that. They disarm him so quickly, I didn't even notice it. But you are right, we yeah, have met. It's ultimate boomerang. We've oh met my, my favorite Marvel. He's top five in my Spider-Man rogues. We have oh ultimate God. boomerang here, folks. Yeah. The most powerful like, of Spider-Man's like rogues. Oh, yeah. He looks like with um, all the sundials on him and everything like that, he looks like, uh, what was it from Invincible? Uh, the bullet, bulletproof. With yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything like yeah. that. Yeah. He does have a bulletproof look. But yeah. like baggy bulletproof, yeah. Bulletproof. <laughs> like I like that his clothes are baggy on them. It looks like um a boiler suit. Yeah, yeah. With like how it how it wears on. I can it. see that on onesie. Yeah, yeah. I, I ultimate boomerang. Yeah, ultimate, ultimate boomerang. boomerang. You know, the ultimate universe gives and the ultimate universe taketh away. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. in this scene, at least, it gives because we <sighs> see that Spider-Man, you know, webs up frank's guns and he's like look hey can we call a timeout i really have to go to the bathroom and punisher pauses for just a minute because he realizes wait is this is this a kid and then spider-man just straight up kicks Bodies him in the sternum it's just, sick kicks him in the chest webs he up his face Charlie murphy special this yes <laughs> damn does he and he he hits him and, it, and again it's that whole fall down moment where he hits against the bus stumbles yeah. forward to fight him again and then just passes out and boomerang decides hey yo this guy's this guy's on the up and up he's like hey do you do you want the rest of this money <laughs> and it's 20 grand it's 20 grand and he's Man, he even oh my god now I get it because he says oi mate yeah that's what I was yeah. like are you, are you really yeah. didn't realize it was boomerang <laughs> I get it but now it's my favorite like they made part. him Australian yeah they, they made him <laughs> oi mate sincerely your lifesaver listen I'll give you twenty grand cash right now you swing me out of here whatever you do he's a cash twenty grand yeah what do you say twenty thousand dollars and then we cut over and both boomerang and our boy John Bernthal have been webbed up with the 20 grand and Spider-Man. This is like what the fourth, fifth time that a villain has offered money for its freedom. It keeps happening. It's and a happening. I love every time that it happens the same yeah. way of them yeah. offering it. Spider-Man will be like, wait, how much? And uh... offer it again. You'd be like, how much? And then you get a cut to them being webbed up. <laughs> like I, I love that. That's constantly how it goes. Peter Parker's a good person. Peter yeah. Parker's a good person. Many people would have taken the twenty grand. Yeah. And so Peter realizes once again, ah, shit, I got cut on my back. So he goes back to Connors, who looks way better. Way better. Yeah. I think that, and that is the strength of the art right there. Of yes. how you could tell Connors in a very different place before compared to this Connors now who now that he has a project is looking healthy like has shaved he's shaved like, he's yeah. got some product in his hair to show that yeah. he's passed uh-huh. <laughs> and so he patches up Spider-Man Spider-Man leaves and then the thing about this <laughs> that I really do not like <laughs> is that Connors is like hey yeah we've been working on your stuff and Peter's like yeah cool can I see it he's like no He's like, maybe tomorrow. 
You just you go, man. He's like, all right, cool, because Peter Parker's a good person, and he just expects everyone to be good people. Connors heads into the back lab where we find not Ben Riley uh, looking at this big old tank, and this, my <laughs> friends. <laughs> is where my trouble began because if you look in this first panel that introduces us to whatever the fuck is in this tank you see a hand what is that hand surrounded by fucking circles (laughs) so you're looking so deep into this now you know yeah I can't you number twenty three to yourself. I have <laughs> number twenty three to myself. You I have officially number twenty three to myself with the circle bullshit, and it's and your so fault. It's both so of your faults. <laughs> but we see. It's so it's so comforting to be in the presence of a new phobia. It's really. I awesome. know it's really interesting. It. It's so fascinating. It it just makes it's just so good to feel human once in a while. You know? <laughs> I am. I'm coining it. It's uh, Osbornophobia. It's a fear Osbornophobia. of circles. You know what? Okay, I like that. Osbornophobia yeah, is a fear like of circles. That. I got the Oz. Basically. I got the Oz. The kids call it cellar door. Actually, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> so we see in this tank is <laughs> every time I see it, it makes me laugh. So good. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple couple ways you could describe this. Magma it's a, baby. It's a magma baby. It's a magma baby. <laughs> baby from Dragon Ball GT. It's there are oh, lots of things. There are lots it's, of things you could represent. And you know an, what? An ancient baby one from, from Dragon Ball GT actually is a very apt description for this shit. Stop. That's oh, tell that's me so I'm wrong. Rude. Tell that's me I'm wrong. No, this uh, is way cooler. <laughs> disagree. So we get to uh get to the next chapter and because this isn't Ben Riley, he's incompetent. He's he an incompetent up. scientist. <laughs> he, <laughs> he rolls into the lab one day and finds that the container is empty. Baby gone. <laughs> Baby gone. Baby real gone. Baby's day out. <laughs> Baby's day off. Yeah, there you baby's go. day off. Baby Ferris going around. Baby's day off. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. John Hughes. We love you. Oh. <laughs> you should have read this movie. So no, because <laughs> uh, John Hughes would tw- treat Gwen Stacy with respect. Uh, what? Yeah. Actually, I don't think he would. Uh, he, he did write a Spider-Man treatment uh, script actually back in the day. So who knows? I was robbed, ladies and gentlemen. I was robbed. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of robbed, uh, the security guard was robbed of his life. Uh, security guard Willis, according to his tag, was drained dry. <laughs> was robbed of his life. I'm Which a fucking so master of segues. This, this is what four you... years of podcasting does to me. I find segues even when there shouldn't be segues. Dude, this is some horrifying, like, horror shit that's going on. You're like, this nigga was robbed of his we're... life. <laughs> we're, like, we're like laughing our asses off over here. We're like rolling. We're like rolling. He tripped into being dead. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes, oh sometimes it be that way. Robin's <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker, Robin's agency. 
He said this baby came and he just tripped the some bitch. <laughs> he swindled him out of his life savings, is what he did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So oh, funny. Oh, oh man, this is like the, some oh. Chucky Child's Play shit, man. Oh man! No, I'm glad we're all here for this. I'm glad we're all oh, here man, for this. Me too. So we continue. Otherwise, we're gonna we have to do a on. bit where I was like running away from a magma baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys, I'm calling you from the bushes outside. I'm being pursued by a magma baby. Yo, I just saw this magma baby going buh buh buh. <laughs> You know what I need? You know what I need? I need someone to recut that Shia LaBeouf song, but insert Magma Baby instead. <laughs> Actual Magma Baby Shia LaBeouf. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. Hiding in the shadow. <laughs> buh, 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 buh. <laughs> The ultimate carnage arc is so good. It's so good. It's oh. so good oh because it's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a baby. Oh, like, this is the best. All I can ever think of is that Dave Chappelle bit where he's talking about like driving up and seeing the baby on the street corner and the baby oh, yeah. looks. Just... <laughs> he's like, why is this baby looking at me? Hey, baby. Hey, what are you doing out there? What are you doing out there? Get the fuck out of here! Like, you want to buy some weeds? Like, oh, oh shit! <laughs> That's all I can think about is walking down the streets in New York. Sell some weed. Magma baby. This magna baby Bro. is just trying Bro. to sell some weed. Bro. That's you all. Ma- you're making me think of that. What is it? The um, that video of the guy who's like, who's like. Hey, Ma, look, there's this fucked up looking cat out here. <laughs> cat looks like fucking grandma. <laughs> Fuck out of here. It's just this magma baby. Come, this looks like that's some what, kind of fucking magma baby. That is absolutely what happens to the couple later. <laughs> <laughs> and then after it finishes, it's, here's a deep pool. It like starts dancing like the Alan McBeal baby. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the, yeah, it's the dancing baby. <laughs> oh, my God. So we cut to the food court. Oh my god, what an amazing sidebar this has been. Anyway, William dead. Uh. So, yeah, uh, that's Trigar's dead. And so we move along (laughs) to the food court. Oh my god. Where MJ, who is working her job, is uh, on break, I suppose. And who does she find waiting for her? I don't know if I'm ever going to get to say that again. That's really sad. <laughs> that makes you really sad. Gwen's um, presence is felt throughout the rest of the series. Do good. not worry. Good. As it should be. Do not worry. Gwen Stacy is very important for the rest of the series. I would prefer Gwen Stacy to be felt in person for the rest of this series. I want her here. Sorry, We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. That is dead. So we get this really amazing scene. And this is the shit that makes me so mad about this. This is a banger of a scene. Because MJ's on break and the two of them decide to hang out and have 
a one-on-one -on -one conversation for the very first time. We haven't seen this. We haven't seen this one-on-one -on -one conversation between Gwen and MJ at all. And so we get this great scene of the two of them just talking and coming to grips and processing everything. And finally, she, you know, Gwen breaks the ice and she's like, you know, now I, you know, I, I kind of like Peter more now that I know that he's Spider-Man. And MJ like gives this look and she's like, no, 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 not like, like, like. She's like, no, 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 I know. She's like, no, you don't. And she's like, no, please. She's like, I know there's been some tension between you two because of me living in his house. And I just, I love that they just have this open and frank conversation. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And the two of them finally get on the same page for like mm -hmm. the first time. And so we get to the next scene. Oh, God. I and Michael got... Rappaport is with his darling date. Michael! Wow! <laughs> Look at this fucked up baby. It looks what? like a magma baby. It looks oh like grandma. Look at this baby. <laughs> it looks like grandma. The fucking thing. Get out of here. And it just eats both of them. Just absolutely drains them dry. I mean, oh, how yeah. scary is this shit, though, right? Like, this it's is kind of really fucked up. It is super John Carpenter up. shit, man. We, we went from John Hughes to John Carpenter real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Basically in, in the span of a page turn. And we find our first fully formed Carnage. I am unsettled by this. And I don't like his glowing chest. L listeners i just don't like it i think i've been on record i'm not a big symbiote guy just like at all i kind of just don't give a fuck about the symbiotes except for like agent venom that's agent venom uh, agent venom but like otherwise yeah agent venom you never know what's gonna hit him uh but otherwise i don't care about symbiotes yo ultimate symbiotes are my shit dude like <laughs> ultimate venom is awesome but this is so cool this, I love this design with the glowing chest. Yes. Because it, it yeah. just it's terrifying. Because if you see that like in the shadows, I, I love the shadow play with Ultimate Carnage. Just the Is eyes, like, the teeth, and the chest are really That's unsettling. all you see. And it's the, terrifying. The, God, this... This is so good. It, like, it's I, I, so cool. It, the shadow where it takes the form almost of the lizard, and yeah, um, that it, is it, a great pull. That's I didn't a good catch pull. That. It just yeah, that. yes, the spine. But I can absolutely it. see it now, and, and the and fins the, on the head too. Fins on the head too, as it's like as it screeches. And out. it makes sense for what we find out. You know what? That yeah. is an awesome I pull. I have yeah. never thought about that. That's, that's so cool. Absolutely dead on. Yeah. This, this, this is what you so, get. This is why you get a Jacob Brown on your podcast. This is why you get a Jacob Brown on the podcast. Jacob, I'm just you. I'm just, I'm just as creeped out as you both are. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just pointing out the details. <laughs> so Kirk Connors makes his way back to campus, back to uh, the university, and finds uh, Dean Amanda Waller there. And she is trying to explain <laughs> oh that. It's just like, CCH oh. found her door. <laughs> She's basically like, look, like something happened. Uh, Jean DeVolf's there. She's like, I don't have time for this shit. I've got so much I need to deal with. And the, the moment, <laughs> not Ben Riley walks out. The two of them lock eyes and they know exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Carnage falls to its knees and suddenly begins hallucinating, remembering. Who's to say? 
because we see some familiar webbed hands and some not so familiar clean washed hands. It is very clear that there is some kind of identity crisis happening here. Yes. And then we get this beautiful supercut of everything we've seen. Yes. Everything leading up to this point. If this wasn't completely in orange, I would have this up on my wall. It's, I mean, it's, it's an incredible page. Yeah. It really it's is. It's an incredible montage page. I would love to see it recolored, but I understand why it's this color in the context of the scene. But I'd love to see it recolored in this, you know, to make it more like, I guess, poster worthy. Yeah. Yeah. But the, it really the sequencing of all of it is yeah. so labored and really thought like very well thought together. Like it's it's so interesting. And there's a mo there's also Daredevil for some reason. Uh, uh that is an ultimate Marvel team up thing. Yeah. Always that is, is that's how that they is get me. Daredevil, that is Daredevil yelling at Spider-Man to take off the costume and put it all away. Oh. Oh. Is that also And that if he ever sees him in that costume again, there'll be trouble. Oh shit. That is what that is. Big yikes. So who's the who's the I I got the the frisbee, but who's the guy next to that? Is that Logan? I think it's Wolverine. Okay, okay. That's that's what I was that was what was troubling me the entire time staring at this picture, going like, who the (laughs) fuck is that? Is that Sandman? And he just let his hair grow? What how does that work? <laughs> oh, I, I know that big ass forehead anywhere. There you go. <laughs> it was it was the hints of chops on the side yeah. of his face that I kind of was like, is that that is that is Wolverine? Only okay. one Knuckle head has a brow that Crow Magnon. <laughs> that is Ultimate Wolverine. Nasty ass looking. That's a four syllable word. Good job. Thank you. And so. <laughs> Carnage suddenly gets a memory of Spider-Man thwipping his way through New York, though this has to be an altered memory because the webs aren't green. So he's obviously remembering things wrong. And he decides, you know what? What matches a green web? A red web. It's Christmas time, baby. So Carnage swings off into the night and starts making his way towards the Parker household. I love that Cartage is constantly screaming. You can almost constantly hear the ah! like every time. Because <laughs> his mouth is just always open. Like, he's just he's just I thought I thought he was like the grudge where he's just like, oh, oh yeah. Uh, that's oh that that's even worse. Too. Shit. That's but that, like that would be the sound that he, he makes in the shadows. And then yes. when you get close, the chest lights up and he makes that shrieking sound. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Uh. Oh my god. Now, I know you hate this. I know you hate this, but think of it from a craft point of view. <clears throat> this is a really well-constructed horror sequence. Yeah, from a this technical standpoint. A beautifully done horror sequence. I and the fact that it makes you feel the way that it does shows how impactful and how well done it is. Because this is fucked up. Yeah. As... My good friend Elvis Presley once said in a song, "I it hurts me. One, two, three at a county jail? Oh. It hurts me to see him treat you the way that he does. Oh, that's a good song. I love wow. Song. Wow. That's a great song. That was a great pull. I was heartbroken. I started, because I was 
interested to see what would happen uh, with Carnage. So I started reading immediately after we finished recording last week. I got to this scene. I set it down. And I didn't come back to it until this morning. Oh, wow. Okay. No. That it hurt me on a fundamental level. Yeah, it hurts. And Gwen has, it's almost worse because in the 616, Gwen Stacy had, I mean, obviously she died super young. She was just out of college, Mm -hmm. but she got more time Mm -hmm. than ultimate Gwen Stacy did. The image is striking. Eyes coming out of the darkness. Gwen thinking it might be Peter. We see the light emanating from Carnage's chest. The teeth coming into view. And I knew it. The moment... The moment that those eyes lit up, I knew what was going to happen. And it broke my heart. I... Upsetting as hell, man. I hated this scene. And... Carnage goes there and he drains her of life. And the last face that she sees is Peter Parker's. And that breaks my fucking heart. That hurts it's, me on a fundamental level. It, I mean, just the, you know, Carnage is holding her and absorbing her life force. And then Peter's head starts popping out of Carnage's head. Like it starts forming into Peter's head, almost like Carnage sees this as a murder. Like, and Carnage is not ultimate. Carnage is not a thinking entity, right? It's clearly acting on impulses. It is clearly acting on the very basic muscle memories. It's not acting on an actual thought. It's an infant. There's no real cognitive thought here, but it's almost like it's a mercy. Of I'm going to show you this face before you are gone like the last face of someone you've loved before you go it it is almost a kindness and that makes it that much sicker and that much more upsetting it is so interesting i thought it was i felt it more of um him reaching out trying to communicate with her that's that's yeah. what I felt like more the part of his blood <laughs> yeah yeah for for See, being Peter, for the he first was trying seeing to, a friend yeah, yeah, he was trying to be Peter Parker, um, even though he's not control. Again, infant organism and, un- and new to this world and not really sure what to do. But when it sees yeah. a friend, it was trying to emulate what it what's what its DNA is basically based yeah. on. For sure. Uh, yeah, that's and yeah. we saw in that beautiful splash page, Gwen Stacy was a prominent figure. Uh-huh. in those memories uh-huh. yeah when stacy's drained of her life carnage slinks back to the shadows and we are left with one of the most haunting images it's it I is see. literally a page that is stuck in my head for 15 years uh, more is. than i guess like 17 years this was like 2004 2005 when this came out yeah it's heartbreaking since then it's heartbreaking it such an upsetting page there is um and it's not to this extent but there was a time um, early in the New 52 where Damian Wayne Robin was killed. 
mm-hmm. and the very next issue of Batman and Robin, which wasn't being handled by Grant Morrison, who was the one who killed him, uh, written by written, I they both essentially wrote it, written by uh, Pete Tomasi, Patrick Leeson, with art by yes. Patrick Leeson. Yes. The very next issue has this cover that is just Damien's boots, mm-hmm. empty, with a Robin sitting on top of it. And I will never forget that image the rest of my life. And this one hits even harder. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And then coupled with the next cover as well of Spider-Man in a spotlight, bent down, holding an outstretched arm. Which is strange to me because the arm looks male. Yeah, it's it's misdirect, you know. Fair. That way you with solicitations and everything you can't you can't get through you know it, it right works. but it it absolutely does work on that level and so aunt may comes home and she finds gwen's body now it now as upsetting as it is that we had to see gwen die isn't it isn't this worse because she says not again not again yeah it's her worst fear. We've already We've seen, seen it. her worst fear. She talked about it. She talked about how mm-hmm. her worst fear is that the people around her keep dying. I'm getting emotional talking about it. <laughs> how the people around her keep dying. And it's, and it's that it's, to... she thinks it's her, connected yeah. to her. And she keeps finding these people dead around her. And what happens, she's the one who discovers Gwen's body. Last volume. When she was heading off for her booty call in Florida, she said, I love you, and I'm so glad you're here with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And granted, that was two months ago for us at this time. Yeah. Or for the characters. But it was last week. Yeah. For the reader. Or the reader now, at least. Yeah. If you're following along with us. It's heartbreaking. And that's when you get the shot of Gwen's face, too. Yeah. Is Gwen's disheveled face. Like, it drained of all life force face she's haunting it's haunting we cut over to the daily bugle and i think the the choice of backdrop is really good the darkened sky light struggling to break through yeah and peter's at his desk reading what i'm assuming is the latest uh latest issue of the daily bugle and it's a headline. Spider-Man punishes the Punisher. All of a sudden he gets a call. And it's from Aunt May. And you don't hear what she says. Yeah. And it is just... It breaks my heart. It's good facial acting yes. on, uh, on Mark Bagley's part. Just the, the, the segmenting of it, of Peter getting the call, you know, his face in shock his face in even more shock and then his hand over his face. And then there's just this close up, a long panel of his eyes as they're like welling up. And it, it's his eyes even say not again, you know, yeah. and it's, it's really well thought out. Yeah. And then he rushes home. He, the next page it's him swinging home as fast as he can. Full, you know, Full uh, identity exposed too. Yeah, no, not even doesn't even care. Yeah, yeah no. doesn't even care. He he lands on a roof across the street and sees a familiar sight. 
She's oh, a familiar sight. Cop cars surrounding his home. And it's again the 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 I think respect that Bendis gives to Bagley for both last page and this page, not using any words, not yeah. muddying up the message, just allowing Bagley to tell a story. Yeah. Of Peter walking into a familiar site and it's almost he's almost desensitized because it's happened so much. Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. happened so often. Yeah. He almost Which looks even physically removed from it all. Like when he's actually yeah. walking up to the body. Yeah. And everything, he's defeated. He looks physically removed. Like there's such a focus on his body. It looks like he's kind of 3D, like he's popping out. Yeah. It looks like he's removed from the whole situation. It's, it's a really well-staged scene. It's a great way to communicate how isolated he feels yeah. in this moment. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. No one's noticing him. Like he's just walking in and seeing him until May does. He, his face was oh, his his face is in shadow the minute he gets to the to the actual scene of the crime yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole time before Aunt May actually like finally sees him um, that was I thought that was the that was the um, uh, it felt like very much like how how many times how we have lost a death um and how like that that familiar feeling just doesn't really like go away but it just but it does like but it becomes a like what Malcolm says desensitized from like the time you keep here and you the, the, it keeps coming back over and over again yeah yeah uh, it's upsetting yeah and it's it's beautiful it, the opening panel with him just standing you know shrouded in shadow body covered with a blanket Aunt May in the corner just the framing of it is really well done um, as an establishing shot. And so Aunt May finally sees Peter, the two of them embrace. And this fuck off detective just starts like questioning Peter. Mm-hmm. And I love that Aunt May is immediately in mama bear mode. Yeah. She says, don't do this. Peter didn't do anything to her. Look at her. How could he be? Like, how could he do that? Like, did you see her face? Did you see it? And the guy says, man, we're just trying to get a clear picture. She's like, we'll go get one then. Like that ultimate Aunt May is my favorite Aunt May. I'm just, I'm just going to put it down now. She's the best Aunt May. She's gotten to this point. I can't, I can't like put any other Aunt May ahead of her. She's the best. She is the best. She, she is the Aunt May who has the most character. Yeah. And this is the only person who is actually taking Aunt May and giving her character. Yeah. As and opposed so, to making her a plot device. This is the Aunt May that we always see in the, the movies now. That this is... Um, yeah, this, this is, is what, what they're, they're striving Aunt for. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is what they're, they're trying for with Tomei and with uh, Sally Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like exactly. this, this is what they're aiming for, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so Peter asked to go and... I love this too. She's like... Uh, can I go inside? She's like, of course you can, sweetie. He's like, actually, we would prefer. She's like, go inside. Go Peter. inside, Peter. Boy shouldn't have to see this. Like, yeah. And so Peter goes in, and I, I love this page. He's holding his backpack in silence. And all at once, he breaks it open. Showing off the Spider-Man suit. And he just buries his face into it, just trying to, you know, 
process everything. Oh, I figured that was him puking. Oh, I thought he I screamed did, I in it. it as that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how I took it. It's like he's trying, he's just shouting into it, trying mm-hmm. to like let out all of the complex feelings he's feeling because when you, because when he pulls his face up, it's game time. He needs to find out who did this. And so we get another heartbreaking scene. Aunt May is calling the number for Gwen's mom. Oh, this. Oh, God. And Gwen's mom has left wherever this number was at. Mm -hmm. I hope we never meet Gwen's mom. I hope we never meet her and that she dies a horrible, lonely death. Because she is terrible. I I will give you the close on this. We never meet Gwen's mom. Good. Good. We Probably never. The best. Excellent. <laughs> this is the last time she's mentioned. Good. All the better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless she's secretly the kingpin. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh my god. Um, Circles, man. Circles. Fucking stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the fact that they have a pizza that is supposed to be a circle, but the one slice is removed to show the brokenness of Peter's <laughs> entire life. I listen showing that showing that a piece is missing from his life, just like a listen, piece is missing from his surroundings. I did notice that. That I, is the one I noticed. Oh, and I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. This, I did is, notice this that. is where I saw it. This is the moment that I first saw yeah. it. <laughs> so um, Peter and May go to the, uh, the Watsons where, uh, Mary and her mom are hanging out and they are giving them a place to sleep for the night. And the two, you know, Peter and Mary have this moment. Um, Yeah. It's, it's that whole, he, he's taking responsibility for it. He can't see anything past it. And he just breaks down in Mary's arms. So Peter is, you know, flashes later, Peter is up. He can't go to sleep. He's going over all of the, uh, at least the reports that he heard from the detectives on the scene. And he's envisioning all of these different scenarios of someone coming after, uh, someone coming after Gwen. And then one offhanded remark catches his, catches his ear. Empire State University, same exact thing. And he realizes Kirk Connors is involved. And at that exact moment, he turns and sees who else? Kirk Connors standing on his front lawn. Real, real quick, in this, when he's trying to decide the scenario, there was a yes. moment where he says vampiric, vampire. The, the, yes. the, it looks pretty vampiric, dude. And then they cut to this little moment. Is yes. that? Is yes, that it who? Is. It is okay. When that did is that that's Jared Leto. Hey, Walker. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Morbius. That's no, not- oh. Oh, no, sword. Whoops, Morbius sorry. doesn't exist yet. Whoops, Morbius uh, coming out next month. I actually Morbius. kind of thought of that, but then I saw the sword in his back. No, I didn't that realize is, that. That is Blade. That is also Ultimate Marvel Team. Okay, 
Love wow. it. Gotta love Ultimate love Marvel Team Up. Gotta get it. it. It's interesting because you know this book hypes up Mar- Ultimate Marvel Team Up very well. Do um, we want to take Ultimate a Marvel Team Up? Isn't very good. <laughs> oh, okay, that's the question. Thank bad. you for answering that question. <laughs> yeah. Good to so, know. like, I think most of it is pretty bad, to be honest. It's just, it's just not <laughs> just great Spider-Man comic stuff. booking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not great comic booking. I said. Yeah. I love that. So anyway, Spider-Man or Peter sees uh, sees Connors on his lawn and he goes out and he just wallops this man. Yeah, he wamps him good. It's tight. He him good. He falls through the uh, through the caution tape and goes after him. He is slapping him silly. He picks him up off the ground. This fully grown man He's just like, you fucking killed her. You killed her. You're an animal. He's like, you think I'm going to let you live after what you did here? Because he thinks it was Connors. And Connors then gives him the lowdown, tells him what happened. He said, he basically, we spliced together your DNA and my DNA. And we created something and it was amazing and it was wonderful, but then it escaped. And all of a sudden... Peter's spider sense goes off. First, you hear the Russell Russell. Yep. I love that. And Connor's looks. And he's like, uh, uh, and he is in like shocked horror face. Because he hears that Jacob Brown grudge sound. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, Uh, There it is. uh, Ugh. And it steps out of the shadows, and we get that shrieking face. And at this point, after this whole issue, I'm like, "This thing needs to go down. This thing needs to be killed." Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. And Peter seems to be of the same mind because he is horrified by this thing. He's like, "What have you done, Connors?" And he's like, "I don't." Connors doesn't even know. He's like, "I don't even know what we're looking at." It was a magma baby. The last time I saw it. And then the face starts to shift. And it turns into a familiar looking face. But it's not Peter's. And the thing starts shooting out. It's it's disgusting. I love it. It's disgusting. It's a horror movie. It's It's gross and I hate it. It's so good. It's such a horror movie. Oh yeah. This is horrifying. I love it when my superhero stories turn into a horror story. It's my favorite thing. Like this is a real ass horror movie. This became so like this was such a hard 180 turning into this monstrous thing. This feels also like what what they could have done with um uh Dylan Baker with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man in terms of uh, Dr. Connors, like that, yes. I could, they totally like, could have. Yes, they could have gone this route yes. if they were like, if they could were allowed one more movie, and they're like, you need to do Carnage. It's just like, well, we're gonna just do this comic, this yes. this volume here, and do our version of that. Oh, yeah, because that's so what this totally feels like. It's so and, gross. And so Carnage does battle with Peter and his Jam Jams, and the two of them begin fighting along the rooftops of the suburban Queens neighborhood. Uh, I love this little moment as well, where, you know, Pete tells uh, Connors, go back to the lab, figure out how to kill this thing. I'm going to bring it to you. And if you don't figure it out, I'm locking it in there with you. Yeah. 
And then as Sorry. he's fighting, <laughs> yes. there's this guy, this neighbor's just go, hey, shut the fuck up. It's four in the morning. <laughs> Queens, baby. Oh, Queens, man. baby. Can't take the New York. Oh, man. And so Peter continues uh, battling with this thing across rooftops. He's going after it. It breaks down onto a police cruiser at one point with the most stereotypical cops we've ever seen in my entire life. The cops are like, hey, I'm sitting here. Hey, I'm eating donuts here. I'm eating the donut right now. Hey, it's on my coffee break. It's the only one I got all night. Hey. And so Peter, <laughs> Peter is unsuccessful in stopping uh, Carnage from consuming the two police officers. Hey, I'm dying here. Oh, and, I was really excited for that donut. And after consuming <laughs> their life forces... He turns into not Peter Parker, uh huh, Richard Parker, the Tiger. Yes, <laughs> excellent pull. Wow, excellent pull. Wow. Ang Lee is thrilled right now. Uh, what? If you haven't lately, read Life of Pi. It's a great book. Oh yeah, I never got it. I feel bad. I I never un I. I it never resonated for me. He Just watch the, the movie, tiger. you'll be fine. Anyway, great story. so the movie's really good. So Connors is at his lab and he finds a shirtless Peter there. There has been there was a moment where I was like, Carnage walloped Peter and then is coming after Connors. It it kind of makes you think that something's going on there. Yeah. Which is yeah. really that again, good sequencing. Yeah. This story is really well crafted. Like this Absolutely is, it is this is Bendis in his full fucking like this is in his bag. This is him in his bag. Like he's he's on it right now. And so, the only thing I don't like about this is that we get told this in flashback. Yeah. Like I don't know why we couldn't just. I understand the framing of it, it but I yeah, don't know it's, it's why they didn't just framing. continue the the fight. Right. Yeah. This feels. This feels like. Uh a break in an episode story, you know, like uh, in, in episodics when they like want yeah. to do, when they want to be artistic and they just Last do it this way. on X-Men. Yeah. Like, it, it, it seems very much like, yeah, like two episodes put together. It's very yeah. strange to me. It, yeah. But so Peter tells him what happened. He tells Connors what he saw, how this thing turned into Richard Parker, how he battled it on the streets of New York all the way up to this processing plant and then proceeded to throw it into the fire, hopefully killing it. There's a moment as well when he throws it into this smokestack where it shoots out, a tendril wraps around it, and its face turns into Richard's one last time. As he's pleading. It's a pleading face. Yeah. This mm -hmm. thing is starting to learn emotion. Mm -hmm. It's starting to get some kind of cognitive thought. And it clearly recognizes, I'm dying, help me. And it's conveying, I'm dying, help me. And it's trying Which to show a... really interesting. It's, it, and it's trying to show a familiar face to show him, please, I'm a friend. You can... Mm -hmm. But Peter lets it go. Peter escapes. The creature falls into the fire and is destroyed, as far as we know. And Peter lashes out at connor's when when he apologizes and he just before he can do anything he just breaks down because he realizes that hurting or even killing connor's wouldn't bring gwen back 
later on we see Connors walk into the precinct, NYPD. And who's there waiting for him? Gene DeWolf. And he says, you know, I'm a professor at Empire State University. I think I accidentally murdered these people. He turns himself in. I man. love that. I love that choice. Good man. That is the, right the difference thing. between ultimate Kurt Connors and 616 Kurt Connors. Totally agree. I think this entire volume, the fact that he went and asked for permission, that he learned shit from his lizard shit, and said, you know what, before I go into this, let me let me make sure that this is okay. And then because of the consequences of it, turned himself in. Yep. Ultimate Kurt Connors is a good fucking dude. He is. He's just a little misguided. He's he let he a let the science misguided. brain talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He let his lizard brain talk. Oh, uh, uh, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the next morning, uh, Mary comes into Peter's room to find him still awake, hasn't slept a wink. And he tells her, you know, I, I did it. This guy's done. Found it. It's ended. And he's like, I am done. She says, done with what? She's like, with Spider-Man. And we get Spider-Man no more. No more. Which I thought was the ending of it. I thought because I didn't realize that the you know, where I was in the issue count. Um, mm. We get this epilogue where it shows not Ben Riley uh, conversing with Amanda Waller before he heads into the lab. He's like, oh, can I get my stuff? I have some stuff. And he goes back and we see Parker sample two. There's another. And if that's where it ended, this would be my least favorite volume in the entire series <laughs> chapter 65 chapter 65 who right. our boy brian on twitter shout out shout out to brian issue 65 yesterday and i was like oh hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> issue 65 is real good shit hell yeah it is you mean the Breakfast Club episode that we have here? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This First off, was... have you guys seen the cover for issue 65? It, I'm, I'm looking I, at it right now. Yeah. Because I, th- I think the cover is one of the best covers. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. And incredible. Like, that's art. You, you could put that on a poster. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I, if someone, if someone wants to make a poster of this for me, I will put it on my wall. Like, that's, that is... On all of our walls. How about that? On all of our walls. Yes, hell yeah. Um, incredible. So we cut to basically the Breakfast Club. We see Peter. We see Mary Jane. We see blonde as blonde can be Liz Allen. We see uh, Kong, and we see some other kid who couldn't possibly be Flash Thompson because he doesn't have a bowl cut. Because he got a better haircut. He finally learned he's got a better. Well, he got a haircut. He got let's a haircut. Say, let's let's say, not say better. Let's say, I, it's, I it's, think it's better than incre- a It's incrementally cut. better. Yeah. There you go. It's like, not a good like haircut. One notch better. up. I think it's. I think it's more douchey. <laughs> it is absolutely more douchey though. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I realize he's got an earring now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're all sitting there. They're in detention, and. 
Flash is being an idiot. And and Mary is like, just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you're sick. You're the reason we're all stuck here all day. You still don't get it. And Flash says, we're stuck here because you're crazy. Mary says, you know what you did. He's like, what I did. And then we get this amazing sequence. Uh They are clearing out Gwen's locker. Open it up. Principal opens it up and says, I will leave you to take care of this. If you need anything, I'm here. And they're starting to move stuff out of her locker. They find this photo of the three of them, of Mary, Peter, and Gwen. Um, when all of a sudden, Flash Thompson walks up. And he's just like, oh, what's going on? Ooh, do we have get free stuff? And Lizanne's like, fucking go away. And he says, fine, fine. By the way, Ski, great job keeping an eye on her, Parker. Well done. And Mary Jane does exactly what I would have done in this situation. She, she grabs snaps. the biggest geometry book she can find and wallops him upside the head with it. And she goes full on like person in grief, letting her emotions out for the first time. She is tearing this guy to pieces, like absolutely beating the shit out of him. And Peter tries to get her off. A teacher tries to get Peter off and Peter accidentally elbows this teacher when all of a sudden all of them stop to look and now they're in detention. That is how I think you do a flashback sequence well in the middle of an issue. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The oh, really well yeah. Because The pacing not... just on this page is well done. Yes, because it's not told or it's, yeah, it's not told, it's shown. Yeah. yeah. So Mary is trying to get to the bottom of this, right? She's like, I don't understand why you're do why you act this way, Flash. She's like, all of your shit, like a girl died. Like someone you know died, and I want to know what what you're thinking. Why are you like this? She's like, why don't you care? And, and then, then we get an answer that you've been waiting for for a very long time. I have. I have. And doesn't it make sense? All the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I said, I don't even remember which episode it was. It was, it was forever back. ago. It was, forever it was ago. a ways back. I thought that Gwen and Flash were very interesting. The moment that they met, there was just something. Didn't know what it was. There was something. And I was like, I'm keying that in for later. Because there's something there. And as it started to progress, Flash started trying to get Peter's attention. He's like, look, man, I need to talk to you. And Peter kept blowing him off. I have been waiting for the answer of why he wanted to talk to him for weeks. Mm -hmm. And now we realize, Mary says, you liked her. He's like, that's what you've been trying to tell Peter. You liked her. You're going to ask him for advice. And Flash lashes out. She's like, it's okay. Like, you say, hey, you know, I kind of really liked her and I didn't do anything about it and it's bothering me because she's gone now. Like, say it, it's fine. And Flash lashes out and he's like, you don't know shit and he leaves. Three hours later, Flash doesn't come back and, you know, they're basically like, oh, I didn't mean to, you know, Mary's basically saying, like, I didn't mean to upset him. Like, I thought for a second I actually got through to him. And Kong says, you know, he's, he's not a bad guy. He's just loud. 
And Peter says, no, he is a bad guy. And we get this wonderful conversation between Peter and Kong. And at the heart of it, what I love about this is what I love about this whole issue that we'll get into, of course. This whole story has been centered around these kids and the fact that they're kids. Uh And sometimes when we get caught up in the super heroics of it all, we forget that these are kids. And Peter says, you know, he basically maps out Flash's life as it could be. He's basically like, he is, you know, just one of those guys who likes to bust on everyone, takes his shots, gives a wedgie, dumps a bucket of something on someone and everyone laughs. It's just jokes, right? He gets to say and do whatever he wants because he has a basketball jacket and a nice haircut. Because really in this world, I guess all you need is a nice haircut. But here's the thing. He's going to grow up. He's going to become a man. And because you have rewarded him for his behavior year after year after year because his parents don't seem to care, because all he knows now is that it's okay to act this way, to treat people like this, he's going to grow up to be a full-grown, greedy, mean, selfish liar. The world is filled with them, the world is being run by them, and your friend is one of them. You need to learn this and learn it fast. This is the world. We have been building up to this for a while. Peter has been, and we've mentioned it before on the the book club, you know, Peter's problems usually stem from a rich guy with no limits. Rich guy who doesn't understand that he's stepping on people. Yeah. And all of it kind of comes flooding in for him. And he's like, you know, this is why Gwen is dead. This is why Harry is gone. This is why half of us don't have parents anymore. Because good people don't get to be happy and sometimes they don't get to live. And there's there's a great moment as well with Kong. He's just like, am I one of those people too? And Peter says, you're best friends with someone who treats you like crap. Like he hangs around with you because it makes him feel better, essentially. And you let him treat you that way. And Kong says, you know, and what are you, huh? Peter says, I'm nothing. And Mary, without skipping a beat and no hesitation, says, what about Spider-Man? realizes what she did everyone you know peter stands up the two of them look at each other and he just bolts out of there uh he makes his way up to the roof mary is there and i love the framing of this peter's outside mary's inside and there's a door between them the door that is their grief the door that is you know this incredible incredibly sad event that has happened to them and it is separating them pushing them farther away from each other and not allowing them to connect and peter basically unloads his heart to mj he says i've failed like i can't beat them i don't know what else to do i didn't save gwen i didn't save gwen's father i couldn't help harry osborne and there's my uncle ben and mary gives a compelling argument she's like if you were there you would have if you were there at these points and the fact of the matter is she's right Mm -hmm. peter is always five minutes behind Mm -hmm. and that's something that has haunted him throughout ultimate spider-man and it's a touch that i kind of love of how tragic it is he's always five five minutes behind 
and he has to see the consequences of that and his consequence is blaming himself it's taking responsibility and so she's you know trying to get through to him and he's like you know i could have made a difference i just i don't i'm not making a difference people sucking is never going to change she says yes it will and he he basically he says you know how do you know how do you know she says i just know it will because of people like you you don't know that Peter says well then we're in a lot of trouble and he runs off he's making his way down the neighborhood trying to blow off some steam trying to process everything when he finds the scene of a crime these hoodlums are trying to steal this lady's purse and they are up to no good and peter decides that he he just said he just said i'm not spider-man anymore i'm not doing this and so he dives down there without a second thought takes out these guys and then gives them the talking to of a lifetime it's like you were going to kill this woman for nothing you were going to take her money and hurt her you have to change you hear me today right now you have to change your life or you're going to kill someone or someone is going to kill you is that what you want is it this is it there's no second chance there's no do-over you have to change now say you're sorry guys say they're sorry now do something with your life they run off um the woman thanks him he runs away doesn't understand why he did that after he just said he wasn't going to do this again looks out to the sky and tells Gwen he's sorry one of the greatest spider-man issues i've ever seen absolutely period absolutely ultimate 616 any timeline any continuity one of the greatest spider-man issues i've ever read yeah and it's emotional it is terrifying it is like what is going to happen next obviously there's more stories to tell obviously the series goes on we've still got a ways to go but this was heartbreaking and the fact that they essentially folded the death of De- the death of gwen stacy into spider-man no more was even more so mm-hmm. um this volume broke my heart absolutely did um as we're wrapping up here final thoughts favorite moments i will go to jacob brown first oh man um you know the uh i've said it before i but uh i don't like um uh i don't like symbiotes and this this series has made me love symbiotes and that um this was um amazing this this incredible story which i thought groaning into it thinking that we were gonna have to deal with carnage now and um just the horror aspect of going from um the lizard to this character to um great moments with like i gotta pee with the punisher you know and uh leading up to this moment with gwen and then this um after school special that we get afterwards is um everything 
This is the best volume. This is now my new favorite volume of the series. Hey, because uh, wow. uh, this was way uh, this was way better than I thought. Because what you said, Eric, is uh, no uh, Spider-Man No More is one of my favorite Spider-Man classic issues I've ever read, and I remember vividly when they said that this was going to inspire the the second Spider-Man movie. So to see that worked with this and Gwen Stacy's death is cinematically brilliant, like put together, like story-wise brilliantly put together. Um, this was amazing. Uh, the uh, spectacular, stupendous, whatever you want to call it. It is, this is the ultimate Spider-Man that we're with right now. And, um, and we're gonna, I can't wait to see where he goes from here. Uh, my favorite moment, uh, honestly, is this last issue. This this was it. Um, I love it when my comic books turn into a horror story and end up with end up still being the horror story continuing on after all of the death and despair and stuff. That there's just no happy ending at, in a horror movie. Um, that said, this is this is great. Welcome. I love this volume. I love it. Um, it's uh, so this volume is meaningful for me in a couple of different ways. Um, this is the volume where I started picking up the singles pretty regularly, like actually like buying the singles and not just like reading them in the store. <laughs> so it started with this. Uh, but this is also uh, that that last issue, the you have to change thing is something that's reverberated in my head for a very long time. Um, I, I was a shitbag teenager. Uh, and so reading this, I was a shitbag teenager. And uh, uh, that that really hit me like really, really hard. I was I was in a weird place. I mean, you know, you're a teenager, you know, you're in a weird yeah. place. Yeah. But I was in a very weird place when I started uh, reading this story arc and reading that issue definitely had an impact on me. It definitely, uh, that, that speech has meant something to me. It has been in the back of my head since then. Uh, so the two things that have lasted from the story arc for me uh, are the image of Gwen's hand shriveled up and that, that you have to change right now. There's say you're sorry. Now go do something. It's it's that last bit is specifically something I try to live my life by. Uh, so it's really impacted me for the last you know 17 years of my life. Uh, so yeah, I I love this story arc, man. I I said last week this is one of the most controversial, and now you understand why. Yeah. It's very controversial. But I think it's really expertly done. I think it's I think it's a gorgeous volume. Like I, I think the art, the the way that they play with the shadowing and just the horror of it, the physical horror of it, but also the psychological horror of the writing. Like it's it's very impactful. I don't think this is something you could ever forget. I, and that's amazing for me. Yeah, I came into this volume thinking it was going to go a certain way by the end of issue 64 i hated this volume hated it i thought that 
it was Bendis screwing me over again as he has in recent years and that certain changes were made and obviously there is a certain amount of uh, certain amount of it Gwen got fridged and it sucks I am sad that we're never going to get to see the potential of Gwen Stacy in the Ultimate Universe. I'm sad that Gwen doesn't get to, you know, have more adventures with Spidey, with Mary Jane, with all these people who are doing their thing. Um, but then I got to issue 65. And issue 65 is one of the best spider-man issues i've ever seen in my entire life and it is something to be said about uh about grief about how to process that um terrible things happen oftentimes to good people and there's no easy answer for how to move past that And the only thing that you can do is continue to live your life, whatever that means, whether that means keeping on the course, whether that means changing what you need to do. Um, grief is a funny thing because it's simultaneously, you know, this terrible thing that happens to you while also being this opportunity to see life in a different way and to appreciate it better. Um, I have always loved Gwen Stacy as a character. I was incredibly jazzed when she showed up and this was a brand new Gwen Stacy. And I'm sad that her journey has ended here. Um, but I am excited for the series. I am glad that I am being, you know, accompanied in my grief by two of the greatest webheads I could ask for. And I'm glad that all of you listeners are going on this journey with us. Um, this is a volume that I'm not going to forget, both for the good and the bad. Um, but I would have to say, uh, just like, just like Malcolm said, you know, the my favorite part is that you have to change. You have to change right now that entire volume or the entire issue issue 65 and then i would also tie that right up with the uh gwen stacy and mary jane conversation mm -hmm. the last and she and she mentions it and we kind of glossed over it um i got glossed over it uh mary jane was the last person to see gwen was the last person to talk to her and i think that's going to stick with her for a while yeah so um overall incredible volume that is going to be very polarizing for me and i don't know if i'll ever come back to read this again um but this is the it. volume i read the least yeah because, <laughs> because i think it works better being impactful if you it's so memorable it, it's yeah, so memorable like, i i have read this volume the least uh and yet i i remember everything about this mm -hmm. So, listeners, that is going to wrap up this week's uh, Geeksplain Book Club. 
Volume 11 is behind us. Volume 11 is going to stick with us. But next week, we are jumping into Volume 12. Let's have some fun. This looks like it's going to be fun. So Volume 12 (laughs) entitled Superstars. So this is issues 66 through 71. Synopsis goes like this. A bizarre occurrence brings Spider-Man and Wolverine together for the weirdest team-up in superhero history. As the two struggle to get to the bottom of this mystery, their lives get to or the, their lives literally unravel. Why are both heroes too concerned with their own lives to work together? Strap yourself in, true believer. It's all part of the ride you get when you buy a ticket for the team-up for people who hate team-ups. Plus, Johnny Storm realizes that despite his new flame powers and fame on the horizon, he still doesn't have a high school diploma. And where does the young New Yorker enroll? Why, none other than a certain Queens high school that also counts one Peter Parker, Spider-Man, as a student. So we're basically, we're balancing out the tragedy of Volume 12 with a Brave and the Bold volume. Yes. Yeah. Which you know is probably good. Uh... Again, controversial volume next week. Interesting. <laughs> what? what? That's so cool. I think the two most hated issues, just fandom-wise, are are in that volume. Really? Ooh. Both of them? Wow. Yeah. I think I think the most hated story arc is in that volume. And okay. It, and it involves the human torch? Wow, okay. No. Oh. 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 Um, oh. There. Uh, did you guys watch the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon at all? Yes. There. Yeah, Eric, I feel you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Listeners, I basically just, gave the eh, sign. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is an episode in that show that is based off of the Spider-Man Wolverine team up. Okay. Uh, oh. They do pretty fit. Ah, see. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Well, I have I have no context uh-huh. for this, so this is going to be a very interesting <laughs> book club next oh, week. Why did you say that? Uh, I wanted to prepare you. Remember, listeners, oh. Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Twelve, entitled Superstars, issues sixty-six through seventy-one, is next week. <laughs> be there or be square, not a circle. But for <laughs> now, for the Geek Explained Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I've been Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. It's so nice to have all three of us together. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next time. Grief is a good thing and is an important thing. And listeners, don't don't ever be afraid to show your grief. If that is how you process it, don't be afraid to show it. If seek help if you need it. it. Not showing it, seek help. Do do whatever you can. Grief is important. Grief is human. I think it's the most human thing that we could do.